This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome back to the show where we watch shows with our friends. Today we are talking about The Last Man on Earth episodes seven eight and nine so eli this is your show so by all means let's talk about it let's talk about it and about it being them these three episodes seven eight and nine these three are fun (laughs) just when we think we know (laughs) our anti-hero phil's (laughs) Uh, trajectory Um, this rubber band the seesaw we're on with Phil uh, really tips in these back and forth and as we get closer to the end now of the first season uh, seven eight and nine only got three more we are seeing I think a larger uh, kind of arc and trajectory happening and new characters. So without spoiling anything yet, well, hopefully our listeners have actually watched along with us. So spoiler alert, it's a podcast where we talk about TV shows and what happens in the episodes. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert. Uh, so Steve... Let's dive into seven, eight, and nine coming off the heels of a great four, five, six discussion. Wow. Seven is titled Moving In. (laughs) Uh, So let's dive on in. Oh, yeah. Great arc for these three episodes for sure. And I agree. Uh, this character, Phil's taking us on a little roller coaster, but you know, I will say Phil's been through a lot yep. and it is not easy being one of the only men left on earth. That being said, going from six to seven was kind of a tough transition because, and it brought me back to something you said in the last episode of shows with friends was Phil is gonna fill <laughs> and I feel like that was on full display in episode seven because <laughs> mm. I was really quite happy with the little arc that ended for four, five, six, where at the end of six, if you remember, Phil, he cleans out the pool. Yeah. You know, Todd tells him he's a good guy and that sort of makes a big impact on him. So he cleans out the pool and he has a nice moment with Carol where he even says, like, I'm a good guy. So I was kind of. It was a misdirect for me, episode Mm. seven, where Phil was filling so hard because I was kind of like, wait, I thought he was a good guy. Like, what happened? And and I think it speaks a little to his emotional and mental instability in this new world that he's been thrusted into. And we talked a lot about 
perhaps who Phil was before this giant global pandemic event that destroyed the world. Yeah. And he is perhaps not built to be this last man on earth and is ill suited for this role. And I, I wonder if seven's really like a reaction to that Mm. because I was, I was taken aback by how quickly he was filling. He was filling (laughs) around in, in seven based on where it ended in six. Right. So, yeah, he is filling to the max, I guess, in these episodes, if you, uh, lump them all together, as we will somewhat in today's discussion. But looking right at Seven, you know, I think there's a lot of stuff we've talked about in the ultimate, like, trauma of this situation. And, you know, we're up to four people now heading into Seven. And through these, we add even more. So regardless of Phil being actual last man on earth or not he still is in essence that role and mantle because he put up the billboards right yeah he's the one who for you know better or worse our story follows and i mean everyone really would be scouring the country right alone yeah right and it's And this comes up several times, so it's great to talk about uh, in these episodes as well. Mm -hmm. He constantly gets his props from the other people introduced for those billboards. And those billboards are his, like, crowning achievement. Maybe in life, right? Yeah, Like, maybe in his whole life. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. And they're also like a instant reminder of his failure in that moment to then specify where he was thus in Tucson, thus leading to these chain of events that put him in the situation. Totally. Where he didn't get to be with quote unquote, like Melissa. Right. Um, a Melissa, I should say. Yeah. And then, you know, bringing that back to what, you know, you were talking about just Phil and who he is and Phil's going to fill. Phil's going to fill, and there's not only goodness buried inside uh, what is maybe, you know, we just don't know, maybe a lifetime of trauma at this point. We're not sure, but certainly watching what he thinks is everyone else on Earth die, Mm -hmm. uh, experiencing some of what we saw in the beginning of the show, but you know, stuff we alluded to as well, like survivor's remorse and just all these questions, right? And then he has what turns out to be a brilliant idea as he's scouring the earth for people. What's funny is he never finds anyone, even though there are other people alive, right? Uh, But he does have this brilliant idea. And now with just three more people in the world, right? The reality of six heading into seven, it's already too much for him to bear this mantle of like, yes, I was the guy who did this. I'm going to lead the charge in a way, right? Like he's not kind of, I feel like he's not quite up to the task of leading humanity back to population, right? And he's sort of ill-suited for the role that he's cast in. 
<laughs> well, yeah, and it, it's almost like the title is a weird flip, like Last right. Man on Earth, Last Man to be expected to be in this role or should be in this role, you know? Totally. And, you know, I think I had mentioned in our first episode how he and Carol, there's like no, when we think it's just them left, sort of like there's no defining or obvious reason why they would be the last two or sort of chosen ones to repopulate. And as, you know, now we grow to four and in seven, eight, and nine, we had two more. Even with only a few people left, <laughs> he seems like the, the least suited to this role in a way. Uh, and yet he is the one who created these billboards and he's feeling some kind of way in seven about not being recognized for having done that, right? Already feeling sort of right. pushed to the side by Todd because Todd is such an endearing, kind, generous of soul character so quickly, right? And so now in seven, right? And then seven going into eight is this like, Phil's going to fill because he can't freaking take it, as he would say, Right. Right. He right. can't bear being like this good guy in the face of like not getting Melissa instead of Carol, not like it's too much for him because he isn't really up to this task in a way, right? Absolutely. And psychologically this notion of like, oh my God, it's just me. Oh my god, it's just me and Carol. Okay, let me accept that reality. Oh, wait, Melissa, she was here before and the signs and I messed that up. And it's like... And then Todd. Yeah, he's caught yeah. up. Yeah, and then Todd. Todd. And he's caught up in a psychosis. And Todd, who's just this genuinely nice guy, who's just happy and grateful. And Phil, you know, it's like this weird swirl of like jealousy. And like, it's almost just like jealous of the luck and ease to which... It's not like he's jealous of Todd. He's jealous of like what Todd just naturally fell into here in this situation. And, right. And and then like you're saying, like it's all because of him. And then everyone brings it back to like, you know, when Todd, I think says to him in the end, no, no, in seven. Yeah. In seven. So, mm -hmm. so before we get these two new people that arrive in eight, in seven, we discover that there is other kinds of life that survived and <laughs> this beautiful cow that Phil finds another yeah. amazing find for Phil right. that he found because he goes to the bar. This was interesting. And I feel kind of, I was like, Oh yeah, there were no animals. There was no wildlife. There were no lizard shots. There right. were no snakes. There was nothing out there in the desert. No bugs, bugs. No one's like swatting a bug away. So there's just like, what was this thing? Eradication wiped, of just wipe out all life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't just humanity. It was it was everything. And then yet this cow survives. So an interesting plot twist to the overall story, for sure. And even makes it more sci-fi in a way, mm -hmm. in a weird way. It, I think adds and heightens the comedy. All of a sudden there's this cow. <laughs> and it's a cow. It's not... And they're pumped about the milk, and and then here comes Todd, and he can make cheese. He can, he can, he he grew up in a dairy farm grew or whatever. Up in a dairy and like, farm. I mean, it knows how to milk a cow yeah. and turn butter. Oh man! And that, uh, and so Phil immediately 
and he he paints himself into a corner, right? Where he's trying to he's this resistant to Todd or mm-hmm. or trying to separate himself and make himself feel more important, but he winds up just like shooting himself in the foot by saying he is lactose intolerant right. for no reason. Right. Like why did he even make that up? <laughs> just because he was like upset that he didn't have these skills that Todd had or, yeah. or that they didn't want to make steaks, right? That was his bright idea. So yeah, he yeah. had the great idea for the billboards and that was like you're saying, probably the greatest idea of his life. <laughs> and he had that one in him and it's this weird replicate. He's trying to get that back, exactly. get that glory back. And these attempts are yeah. funny and brutal. And then in seven, when, you know, he purposely tries to, he doesn't feel like he's garnered enough credit and recognition for actually finding the cow. Now all that Todd has kind of stolen all his thunder and shine. And, <laughs> and so he, he loses intentionally loses the cow so he could find it back. Todd of course finds the cow. Sorry. I'm like <laughs> just recounting what happens in the episode. Cause I just want to remember this moment when Todd has the cow and he says to him, you know, I want you to claim that you found this cow because, and he really, he's like, why? And he's like, he tells him, he's like, you don't know what you've done for me. Like you saved my life. Yeah. Those billboards. Yeah. Who you are. Like it means so much to me. And it's, what's interesting about this is that there's all these moments, these real moments that Todd gives to Phil and he just can't accept it. <laughs> right. It does like nothing for him. In, well, in I think it's also too much. Cause it's so like opposed to his like, you know, his firm, firm, resistance to just accepting the reality and going with the flow. And Todd is this like, even more than Carol in a way, this like yin to his yang, because Todd is just like pure good in admiration. Like Todd really loves and admires him still. Like, even though he was gonna leave him in the desert and even, you know, all this stuff, like Todd truly, truly appreciates him. And he also kind of, I think intimates in that moment that this is a lot for him. Like he, all the shine and admiration and stuff is like too much. And he, you know, sort of wants to put it back on Phil. Yeah. And I think as much as Phil's not used to being the hero, Todd's not really used to being the center of attention or praised in the way he, he is being. Yeah. And it turns regarded, I should say. Right. It turns into this sweet, Thing that happens when like you know they're back and the cow's back and Phil's like yeah you know um, kind of taking credit for it and it's that moment when yeah like your your friend or your older sibling is like here like tell mom you found the dog whatever it is like because you you lost the dog and um, someone who cares about you lets you have a moment right lets you have that shine yeah. for no other reason than the goodness of their heart and so Todd really, really does that uh, for Phil. And it's interesting because, yeah, as we've said, Phil's going to fill. Uh, <laughs> not to spoil yeah. or, you know, bury the lead, like Phil's going to fill. But Todd is in seven. Going to Todd. Going to Todd, right? <laughs> like Todd is going to Todd hardcore. And seven really is bringing that out. 
And, yeah. and these, and these <laughs> episodes have an emotional journey for Todd and an emotional arc for him and his relationship with Phil. Oh yeah. And I think part of just this is now making me realize some of my shock from six to seven with like, wait, Phil, I thought you cleaned out the pool. Like I thought we turned a corner here. No, nope. It was just Phil being Phil. And then now Phil's going to fill on it. There was an interesting moment in seven that showed that, which was when he walks by the grievance board that he created. Right. And it's people have posted all this stuff that he's been doing between episode six and seven that they have a problem with. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, he like struggles to find room to write like less outdoor haircuts. Yeah. Yeah. Looks at Todd and Melissa. Um, What I love about that too, I don't know if how closely you looked, I paused to read them all because I just thought they were so brilliant and love that (laughs) moment too. And um, it's just a great detail. Like everything about, you know, we've talked about the production team and just how fucking brilliant this show is in the details. Yeah, the one th- and I saw something about him on the lawn, like don't mess up. There's a couple things lawn. about the lawn. And what I yeah, love like, a- is that they <laughs> took the time. It's completely full, yet it's three colors and three distinct sets of handwriting. So it's <laughs> all three of them have been just piling on him. Uh, and I love that. You can actually, if you pause it and look at, all right, not everyone's going to nerd out always as much as we are, but I, yeah, sure. I did notice that too. And having, you know, been a rewatch for me, I paused. You know who wrote what too. It's so <laughs> great. Well, like, you well, know. quickly in the flash, because yeah. I, I didn't pause, but yeah. I caught like, like no, like creepily standing on the lawn, no destroying the lawn like it was like it was like a couple things he was doing to people's front yards one of them just ends in staring and it's like obviously in (laughs) melissa's handwriting the one that's all melissa it's great and like even the todd ones were right the like todd even in seven still you know strongly admires and supports him but even the todd ones are just yeah it's so great um yeah and it's that's funny it's great because we have Phil in episode one or the first half of the pilot. Um, and, you know, it's the very end where Carol's introduced and then Melissa and then Todd. And they all like have their moments, right? Like uh, Melissa has, you know, tender moments uh, in her moments where she sort of apologizes, right? And Todd is regardless of what Phil's intentions are doing, Todd is still just totally appreciative and like, you know, giving him this shine and seven. And that is a great way to segue into eight. It's a good transition into eight for sure. Yeah. Because eight takes us to a totally different place now. And, um, in that relationship with Todd and yet, as we've said, Phil's going to fill. So for Phil, his arc is, you know, we call it a seesaw or, you know, kind of rubber band. He is going to fill and he's going to go kind of, I feel like, deeper uh, into his filling the more expansive this world gets and the more people yeah. around. Yeah, and the show structurally does a good job of setting things up and knocking them down. So in Seven, it shows Phil right back to being Phil's old ways, even though he cleaned out the pool in Six and was excited that he was a good guy or sort of trying to trying to land in that place and then in 
And then in eight, he like has like that moment outside the, the do over speech that to himself, yeah. you know, and kind of just really like not being okay with how things turned out. Yeah. How great things are seemingly for Todd, how not great things are seemingly for him. Yeah. The fit has been like a comical non fit between him and Carol mm-hmm. around like, him not really being in love with her and all her idiosyncrasies and how they're just, it's not a fit for him. And like, yeah, him not really being, and they've sort of like couched it in this sort of, in a normal relate stuck in a normal relationship and not knowing how to break up with somebody thing. Yeah. And it seems to the gravity of it from like lands pretty hard in, in eight where he's just literally like, I'm stuck. Yeah. Like I'm unhappy. And I want a do-over. Yeah. Yeah, and um, he asks God for a do-over. And, you know, you pointed this out in previous episodes. He has this, like, <laughs> casual relationship with God in the show. And yet, what happens? Every time he speaks to God, it materializes, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, his, really, his relationship to God is strong. It's yeah, strong. It's, it's and interesting. It's interesting because, yeah, I feel like it's introduced as almost um, farcical or um, just kind of last ditch, right? Like we said in the first part of, you know, the first episode or the first uh, initial 20 plus minutes, he's at the point of suicide. You know, he's at his wit's end. And talking to God seems more like a last resort than uh, something he had habitually done in his life. In the beginning. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. And it also brings up this concept of like, you know, we don't have to sort of talk about the nature of if God exists on shows with friends and and, and get into that theological debate right now. But it could be when I talk about his relationship to God, it's really Phil's relationship speaking to himself in the universe Mm -hmm. and and this notion that it's quite possible that these things are just happening while he's monologuing to, to space and to air and where, where Phil goes with it in his mind is this totally inappropriate place because he's like, I need a do over. And then these new people arrive having seen his signs. And then he takes that as the green light to like, I can just, you know, skew his moral code and say, no, this is my do over from God. Yeah. I mean that if that's not like a huge fantasy or just a huge leap to him like you know breaking out and so they creating this situation where he's gone from the end of six being all the way good guy to now we're into eight halfway through eight and he's all the way bad guy in the bar like getting ready convincing himself that this is okay <laughs> to his ball friends and he's just like I mean yeah, we're really on the edge here. I don't know. Like he's 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 having this conversation that like if it was an actual friend, like a human being on the other side, they're like, "Dude, what are you doing? What no, you-, you can't do this. We got to tell somebody else." Except they're inanimate objects, so they He's just like, "Yeah, you're right. This I can do this." Like he's, <laughs> that scene was hilarious. <laughs> uh, it's pretty amazing the way that they uh, you know, have carried you you kind of 
you know, there may be a point in the first couple episodes where you think he's going to maybe like, you know, get rid of the balls, right? Like he, there's actual people, but they keep up his relationship and they go Yeah, they hang in there. And I, in these I can't episodes. remember the ball's names, but there was one that caught on fire <laughs> yeah. in, earlier and he's still there just kind of charred a little bit. Oh, the <laughs> I was like, amazing. oh, sorry, Gary. Gary. Sorry, Gary. Uh, <laughs> there's, I don't know if you picked up on this, uh, but a lot of, you know, show fans have picked up on, there's Terrence, Trent, and Darby. <laughs> Is that like musician's name? Terrence, Trent, Darby. <laughs> It's like oh each one is. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just amazing his relationship with them. And of course, in these three episodes, uh, this relationship gets stronger. But as you were saying, um, as we're really getting into eight, yeah, he has gone full, you know, 180 from the end of six, right? And talking about this arc of Phil. And Phil gonna Phil's gonna fill, and yet I think going into you know nine, not to skip ahead, but I think we always have a sense with Phil that like the elastic band is gonna snap. Like this is a seesaw. It has been. It will continue to be. Yeah, and this arc of these three episodes, when yeah. we get to the end of nine, there's just this wonderful redeeming moment, yeah. and also she's a good actress as well because what she's been doing up until this point really sets up where Carol is at the end of nine, right? And this different light that you see that, that Phil and everyone gets to see her in. Yeah. It's Um, fascinating. It's interesting. Her journey. She's been high, high comedy, um, quirky woman, you know, the whole time. Yeah. And fully like just in that living in that place. It's like every time Phil comes crashing in yelling, Carol, she's going to be doing something, you know, funny, quirky, crafty. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, they both really take a journey in these. And, you know, starting in eight, what um, is just, I think the first time we have a total, I don't know what this is called. Maybe, you know, this device where as the audience, we see the, um, you know, the crash happening. Um, but right. the main characters like, playing it, you know, like they don't in a way. So, yeah, we see this crash happening as Phil goes, like, full-on Phil and is trying to live this duplicitous night of revelry, going to skinny dip with uh, these two new characters. Uh, Yeah, well, that gave me an interesting thought of sort of, like, who is the antagonist of this story? And it's Phil himself. It's the virus, you know, the situation. But yeah, for sure, Phil's his own worth enemy. Yeah, and and he gets placed in this situation where he knows what he's doing is wrong, yet he continues to live out this sort of fantasy, this notion of a do-over, which he doesn't get to have. He doesn't deserve to have it. Like it's this his own made-up thought that he gets to have this do-over in this moment when really he's robbing them of this knowledge that of what the reality is right now, that there's three other human beings that are alive and they're all living together and trying to move forward. Yeah. And that they have a cow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think, 
It's interesting, you know, talking about just the, you know, Phil's relationship with himself and um, when he speaks to God and these sort of um, monologues or self-dialogues in a way that, you know, he is speaking into existence sort of like um, these fantasies or desires and reality is reality. And, you know, this, I think, thematically, when these things sort of like happen or fulfill what he's asked for, um, that's also a great, in my mind, a great commentary on people who do that in life, who just sort of say like, oh, well, oh, like, God, give me a sign that it's okay to cheat on my spouse. And it's like, you know, the next thing that happens, they just take as a sign that that's okay, right? Like, um, they're... And yet, he can't, and yet he can't do it, right? Like, right. He goes immediately over, and that, that was a funny sequence when they were like, and this is us, and they have, like, a super nice house, way better than Phil's. So this idea, like, he just chose this random spot in right. Tucson. Wasn't even the nicest group of houses. He just was nicer than what he had. But they're in this, like monster like eight million dollar home it's like beautiful yeah and they're ready to rock they're ready to kind of just they're having champagne there's a giant bed like it phil can't and when we talk about this inner core of phil this yeah. thing that's good you know it does exist because he can't quite um because he wasn't free to just do whatever with them and he was immediate and he was lying to them and yep and so he so he tries, I think him setting up dinner, creating an al creating an excuse that he was going to go camping is all a way to psych himself up into this totally bad decision. So he's at the bar and he's getting dressed and he's like trying to justify what he's about to do to the talking himself into friend. it. Yeah, exactly. Literally talking to himself. Yeah. <laughs> into he's got it. No Not his... like, he doesn't have like his you know, old drinking buddy who makes bad life decisions to give him bad life advice. So he has to give himself. Right. Uh, what was key, cool <laughs> about these new characters too? I don't know if you remember their names because I'm they're escaping me right uh, now. Gail is Mary Steenenburgen and uh, Erica. Yeah. Uh, is, yeah, she was. They were great. Uh, the it's, one. it's cool that they were. Uh, they were like two like rocking women that, like are just like strong independent women that are just crushing it. They met at the white house. They found the signs, <laughs> they come out, they got this big, beautiful house. Like this is us. And like, they're just like awesome. Right. You know, it's like, it's like <laughs> that it adds to the humor and the absurdity that, and also his decision to hide them from everyone. <laughs> it's like, they're so like cool and independent and just sort of like happy and positive. Yeah. Um, and really, you know, as I said before, um, just awesome people. Like, as viewers, I feel like I want to hang out with all these people. And Phil is just yeah. like the entertainment, right? Like, he's just like, you're sitting out at a barbecue and he's the guy who, like, someone gave a super soaker and he's trying to, like, put <laughs> juice in it or beer. You know, he's like... And he's just entertaining himself. But the rest of these people seem awesome. And it does really, really speak to that, like, 
Phil is ill-suited to be the sort of like champion leader of the pack and the more people we yeah. add and the cooler they get <laughs> the more this is yeah. obvious and phil is not the man he's and not it's really very evident at that dinner when like it's a slam dunk they're like pounding tequila they were uh, they were gonna like already all get together in the bed earlier in the day like it's just it's and then he does that like classic well like hey you're yeah you're more handsome like we were like great who's this handsome guy he's the last man on earth and he's like oh yeah i was like hot older lady and a black girl like (laughs) it is oh man i was watching this with with uh my partner jennifer and she we died at that the awkwardness (laughs) of that dinner scene and him digging himself into that Uh. hole and it's very indicative that phil while not while not being a bad person necessarily to his core, right? Like sticks his foot in his is the kind of person who would just stick his foot in his mouth, not say the right thing. That's why maybe like he didn't have more success or wasn't more of a right. He was a uh, temp. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just kind of playing his role, and he's yeah. We this the theme of this shows with friends episode is that Phil is ill suited to be the the very last man on earth or even one of the last one of the last men on earth ill suited he has these opportunities it's it's really funny because you know as melissa's introduced he's kicking himself but then this way that he can actually you know sleep with melissa presents itself and he is so close to that and blows it by setting up this elaborate, you know, whole scene. And then in this, you know, do-over, he's got every opportunity, everything is set up to what seems like probably have a threesome (laughs) with these two beautiful women. And he just cannot do it. Um, Fundamentally, he is... It's not just that there's a goodness in him that's kind of holding him back, but he is just ill-suited. And I think we're now, I think you were kind of alluding to this, we're now getting the sense that he just never has been a, you know, smooth uh, whatever. Like, he's never been the guy that has the right moves, the right lines. He's never been the guy that's, comfortable around beautiful women probably you know we're just really getting a sense this is more than just sort of like phil's trauma post-apocalyptic um you know thinking he was the last man like as sort of what is now becoming a small society or a budding little (laughs) mini community it's clear that Phil is not the man in any way. And, you know, that's probably just simply how it's been. Um, So, yeah, seeing these moments with Gail and Erica are uh, really painful and funny and lead us to this eventual crash as we see Phil's now two worlds briefly crash together and literal worlds collide (laughs) as 
They are out driving. He's taking his pants off in the back uh, of the yeah. SUV. <laughs> <laughs> and then they see the headlights of the other car. And that is just such an amazing moment and scene at the end of eight where he is just like, no, 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 no. The stars, the, the fire, you know, he's trying uh, to make up it is, something. He's caught. <laughs> it is as bad as can be. Worlds are definitely colliding, but it's a perfect storm where he's taking off his clothes and also, you know, Carol and Jeff and Melissa had had this whole scene. Where Mo- Todd. Who did I say? I want to call him Jeff. So stupid. <laughs> Todd, Jeff. Carol. Uh, Carol and Melissa. Carol, Melissa, and Todd have this whole scene where Carol and Todd are trying to convince Melissa that, oh, Phil's a good guy and we should right. do something nice for her. And they kind of sway her a little. She's very, she just doesn't trust him. She is a problem with liars and is really guarded and, and, but comes around more because she feels like it's important to Todd, right? Like it's somebody that Todd cares about. So she's kind of like, okay, Todd, I'm falling in love with you and I want to support you here. So this moment, right. Where of, of being busted, you know, all of that is kind of colliding and you sort of have this amazing rejoice of, everyone meeting each other and, and, yeah. you know, and this like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And, and, uh, and you know, kind of what's coming. He's just hiding in the back. <laughs> His little like head peeks up in the darkness and it was a killer end to eight. You know, when we talk about the arc of, yeah. of seven, eight, nine, um, uh, it, like it was the perfect segue and it just picks up right up into nine. And like you're saying, fills out trying to explain and him explaining things <laughs> and covering up for his lies has been a treat throughout this series and no no more than this moment here it was a prank yeah. it was a prank it was just a prank. It was a prank yeah and super lies and so i feel like carol was more in shock in the scene and todd was the one who was really like affected emotionally by his yeah. friend Phil's like act here, and right. the other women were you can see the disillusionment happening on Todd's face. Oh yeah, and while the women are just kind of in shock, and Melissa's just pissed, but like the other women, everyone's just kind of like, "What? Like, the, you yeah. made that up?" And are you serious? Yeah, and 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 Carol putting two to two together, she's pretty pissed, and it's where I feel like Carol's turn begins, like. We've had her be this comedic element, really high comedy character this whole time. And now she's like in a different gear, not going to put up, you know, with no scrubs. Right. Like, but now this is her actually doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty fascinating for her character. And of course, as we head into nine, what happens for Phil and, you know, playing on what we were talking about with his sort of uh, not being the man or, you know, in a way, just his inability to live up to this sudden thrust of, you know, sort of spotlight yeah. and having this brilliant moment and writing the billboards and reunifying the last few people on Earth. And he's not able to live up to it. And it leads us you know, to the end of eight and then to nine where he is having a reckoning 
and maybe a realization of like his whole life, but for us at least, a realization of that this whole story we've been a part of, uh, he's been lying. And he is a liar. Yeah, and the structure of... <laughs> absolutely. And the structure of this episode's fantastic. His sort of hanging on to the lie or justification or it's me, yeah. it's their problem, not my problem. You know, kind of like def- skirting the blame for his own behavior. And <laughs> like yeah, there's some moving problems. into the bar and, you know, being like, yeah, this pool table's great. This is a comfortable bed. It's sturdy for the better back. Than better than a bed. Yeah, exactly. He's like, not better than a bed by the end of the episode. But yeah, it opens with Todd being crushed, everyone being upset, and then he kind of now you're reckoning right, and this is a this is a completely circumstances are all totally because of Phil's actions here. So it all of this is just a result of his behavior, but kind of a nightmare scenario in a sense where there's just a small group of people in the world and they all don't like you. And it gets kind of like high school and like, and Melissa specifically. Mm -hmm. And what I liked about that is how much of a payoff it is at the end when he realizes that he just doesn't want to lie anymore. And it, and there's that montage of all the lies of the series, <laughs> With, especially the last one, which could have been the funniest joke of like the funniest mm. bit in this whole series was him being like, it's like, I washed my balls. Like that was like the la- last lie that they, that they landed on. But, and we're kind of jumping to the end here, but he, him going, I think it was the, the scene where he spies on them and overhears them calling him a loser and a liar and mm-hmm. and all these things and and then that gets him back at the bar being like in his lowest moment of what did i do thing and then right. him showing up and just bearing all oh and then it does that montage of the lies right and then he so then he shows yeah. up and he comes clean with everyone about everything and what i loved about that scene was everyone's turn to receive his truth and make amends. And I just felt like in, even though it's kind of a newer ensemble, like it really felt like a, like a full ensemble, a full cast and with, um, with Jeff and then Melissa, I mean, my hat's off to January Jones in this series. Cause you kind of think she's playing one note or she's doing one thing and then she'll give you a moment that's really rich and deep. And I felt like when he, yeah, just was finally honest with her about exactly how he felt and how he was attracted to her. It was like she had this moment of not of like disgust or anger, but just of kind of like, all right, I get it. Like that's, that sucks. Like you committed yourself to somebody and then you realize you're just super attracted, you know, the next day it was just, it was very real and genuine responses to his honesty and what I felt like was a real highlight of the series and set up this sort of, so it's, it's so funny because it's this wonderful, (laughs) wonderful acting and emotional depth by Will Forte while he's got this perm because we skipped this part, (laughs) this big idea of how he was just going to pretend to be 
like a twin brother like (laughs) (laughs) his own twin yeah that was great so he's got this perm he looks ridiculous in this last act of of episode nine and all this real stuff he's like really coming clean there's all these real like interesting scenes and he's got this ridiculous perm (laughs) haircut the whole time it's just like even when they go like serious in the show there's just this element of visual comedy and 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 high comedy that just remains physical comedy yeah yeah and i think it's interesting because he he goes like obviously pretty deep in this one and um is pretty like honest and bearing of his soul as you were saying and yet there is like still a little bit where he's holding back Mm. um and you know, maybe it's just because I've watched it before, but when he's apologizing to Todd, basically. Oh, yeah, it's just <laughs> just the one thing. Just the one thing, right? And so he's still holding back a little bit, um, even though I think for, you know, sort of the sequence of events and stuff, he's, like, really coming clean to Carol and Melissa, Right, as you were saying. Yeah, and, right? and, and, like, and it all led to his very real apology to Carol, and it makes sense that... Sure. And I think there's a there's sort of what he can actually apologize to Todd for, and then everything else is kind of more internal, and he even did already apologize to Todd on a certain level in episode six on the ride back. So it's sort of... I think, yeah, he could be like, I haven't been a good friend to you. I've been really jealous. You know, he could have, like, kind of gone deeper, like you're saying. But I feel like they saved that for the structure of that scene and the sort of overall arc here. It It is funnier that it's just, I didn't, I didn't co-write Fields of Gold. Like, I lied to you about this thing that has nothing to do with any part of the way I've treated you this whole time. And then, yeah. and then for him to be so for real with his apology to Carol. Yeah, it it, it definitely made that moment land having that lightness with Todd then made that more serious moment Mm -hmm. land and and her and then again like her reaction to that and how she was crushing she was sort of living in this angry place the whole episode with everybody knitting really angrily being really mean yeah mean to Gail and Erica yeah and taking her frustration out on them and that in this scene when Phil apologizes to her and is honest with her about how he feels and their actual wedding vows you know she's really rocked to the core and she did a good job of of performing that of living in that moment yeah right yeah and it's uh such a complete flip for him uh, to be this honest. And so, yeah, it's definitely amazing to see his work, you know, creating and embodying this, this character. And then, uh, the amazing supporting work, um, Carol and the others do, and especially Carol and Kristen Skull, because they're, as we've said, they're odd couple and archetypes, um, have really produced amazing comedy and, we're almost, I think, pretty safe to say, not expecting 
quite where this goes at the end of nine. Oh, abso- absolutely. Uh, especially the very end of nine too. Absolutely. Right? And, and, but even just before, but look, if we look at that final scene, right, it's still Phil, even after being as honest as he's ever been to date, Phil's still going to fill because he's sitting in the bar and it was still a device to win everybody back. He's yeah. talking to the boss and he's like, uh, I guess it didn't work. Like no one's come. Like he expected them to all come and get him and be like, it's okay. And embrace him and hug him and bring him back. Right. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But it did work. It did. Yeah. Carol came and ultimately. Yeah. And that, that, um, and that scene was definitely a great, an unexpected surprise and a very tender scene and took you, like you're saying, in a direction you were yeah. not expecting, which really leaves an interesting door open for these final three episodes of season one. Um, it really gets does. me excited to think about where it's going to go. And at the very least, kind of going through this journey where all of Phil's cards are on the table. It was kind of exhausting watching him sort of operate the way he's been <laughs> operating. So I'm just like, I'm like glad in, on a certain extent, we have this character, a main character who is um, sort of living his truth to a certain degree. Right. Sure. Yeah. And I love the way it closes uh, with him just, you know, finishing his commentary to the book. To the balls, to the boys, to the yeah. to the balls, <laughs> the balls, regardless of gender, um, and he's just like, "Yep, that was my ex-wife." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. It's such a great, yeah, it's such a great landing, and once again, we're um, just taken somewhere, you know, kind of unexpected and kind of uh, warm at the end here, right? Like these arcs are fascinating and the way we've been watching them uh, with this like, you know, double, uh, double pilot kind of setup has been cool too, because it's been great art throughout these little chunks. And speaking of which, Steve, uh, as we close out nine, only have three remaining. Next time we will be back to talk about 10 and 11 before we close out season one of The Last Man on Earth. All right, can't wait to see where this goes. Thanks, friends. Bye. Hello, friends, and thanks for listening. We just wanted to take a quick moment and let you know that we are really excited to be a part of a growing podcast network. It's called Connected Podcasts. And there are many other great shows on the network that we think you are going to enjoy. That's connected, C-O-N-N-E-C-T-D, podcasts.com. Thanks for listening.